or entity or spirit that bowed for you was God. That bowed for you was God. When you were created, the first person that bowed for you or bowed to you was God. What do you mean? How do you mean that? What are you talking about? Now, God bowed not because you were somebody else, but he bowed to himself in you. When he said, let's make man in our own image after likeness, so you were an extension of God. You were uh, another side, another dimension of God. Okay, let me start by saying that we have we have the Trinity. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says the three of them are one. They are the is not gods. They are not gods. They are God. Three in one God. Now listen to me. Three in one God. That was His dimension. God has got the Father. He has got the Son. And he has got the Holy Spirit. But do you know that you are the fourth dimension of God? You're quiet. You are the fourth dimension of God. When he said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness. We are three of us. Let us create the fourth of us. So when God created you, you are the fourth. You are the fourth person in the Trinity. Uh, am I messing up your theology this morning? You are the first person. You are not, you are not deity. But the Bible says, I have said, Psalm 75, I have said that you are gods and all of you are the sons of the Most High. So I am an extension of God. I am the fourth dimension of God. God has his dimension. The three dimensions of God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The fourth dimension of God is me. So, when I say that the first person or the first spirit or the first God that bowed to you was God. The Bible says, and God breathed into man's nostril the breath of life. How did he do it? How did he do it? God had to come down and put his nostrils to your nostrils and so God had to, oh my God. Then if God could do that for you, what situation that will not bow for you? Which devil that will not bow for you? Which problems that will not bow to you? If God could kneel down and bend down to breathe into your nostrils, it means that all forms of challenges and all forms of troubles that has been, that is, or that will be, will surely bow to you. So the reason I am powerful as a Christian is because I am representing the dimension of God, the fourth dimension of God. Alright, let me say this to you. Thank you, Spirit of God, for telling me this. I am the revealed, the tangible dimension of God. The Father is invisible. The Son is invisible. The spirit is invisible. I am the only visible one on earth representing God and representing the Godhead and representing heaven. That's why Jesus said you shall be my witnesses. The word witness simply means you shall be the reason for people to know that I'm alive. So God will not tear the heavens open and speak anymore. He will not appear visibly to people anymore. When God wants to manifest, he sends me. 
When God wants to do anything, he sends me because people will see me and they see God through me. I am a representative of God. I am a visible, touchable, feelable, palpable representative of God. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen my father. He said that because he was visibly here on earth. So now that it's no more visibly here on earth, I am the one that will say, if you have seen me, you have seen God. Not saying I am Godhead, but I'm saying that I represent God, I look like God, I talk like God, I have the abilities of God, I have the grace of God, I smell like God, everything that makes God God is in me. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, the heaven is his throne. The earth has he given to the sons of men. In other words, we give God the permission to walk on earth. We give God the permission. You and I will say to God, Lord, can I tell you something? Do you know, you know sometimes when, when, when I pray for you and you get healed, I'm excited. Wow. I'm excited. But Look at, look at exactly what we say when we pray for the sick. Lord, heal him now. You know what that means? When I say, Lord, heal him now, God runs. Alright? I heal you now. That's exactly what it means. God is saying that I will not heal him until somebody tells me to do so. Until, can I, can I tell you something? God is all powerful. God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. He can do anything, anytime. But he decided that he will not move until I tell him to move. He decides that he will not heal anybody until I tell him to heal. That is when God uses you as an ambassador, as a representative of deity, as a representative of the Godhead, which means that you are the fourth dimension of God. Can I tell you something? Do you know that the angels are not the fourth dimension of God? Do you know that demons are not the fourth? Even Lucifer, Lucifer himself was not the fourth dimension of God. Even though God decorated him. Even though God gave him power. Even though God gave him so many things. He was not the fourth dimension of God. I am the fourth dimension of God. You are the fourth dimension of God. So anytime you talk to yourself. And anytime you look at yourself. And anytime you want to identify or you want to... You want to address yourself. You address yourself as the fourth dimension of God. Alright. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, chapter, chapter 2, verse 25. Genesis 2, 25. Let's look at Genesis 2, 25 quickly. I'm going to be as brief as possible. But provoking what is inside of you. To let you know that what you wear does not define you. It is who you carry on the inside. Kamadanada. Joba. The Bible says in verse 25, and they both, okay, let's look at verse 24. Let's go to 24. 24. Verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Verse 25. The Bible says in verse 25, and they both, they were both naked. The man and his wife and they were not ashamed. They were naked. The man and his wife. And they were not ashamed. May God bless his word. Amen. Alright, let me say to you. That one of the things that causes the word shame. It's simply. Um, it's simply an idea or something that happens because something is missing. Shame comes when something is missing. 
Shame comes when something is broken. Shame comes when something falls out of place. Shame comes when something is not, when you are not able to meet the expectations. Shame comes when you lose certain place and you lose certain authority and you lose certain things that are supposed to cover you. Shame comes. Now shame comes when you are when you when you when you are incomplete in certain areas of your life. Can you check the other speakers please? Shame comes when certain things are missing in your life. When certain things are incomplete in your life, it brings shame. When you are unfulfilled, it brings shame. When you are incomplete, it brings shame. When everybody is looking good and you ain't looking good, it brings shame. When there is an expectation in the heart of people about your life and you are not able to meet that expectation, it brings shame. Shame is simply the absence of the original or the absence of what is needed or the absence of the correct stuff. What is shame? Shame comes when when things are not in place, when things are not in order. Shame comes when there is an error. Shame comes when there is a problem. Shame comes when you are when you are destitute of certain things that should make you bold, that should make you qualified, that should give you joy, that should give you laughter. And one of the things about shame, the greatest shame a person can ever have is the shame of being naked. You didn't hear what I said? I mean, you dress very well, looking good, not knowing that one part is already torn, and once you know, you know, and, and people can see through you. That can bring shame when you look at yourself. Another pastor who was preaching one time was screaming, shouting, not knowing that his zip was open. He shouted. Somebody just said, Pastor, your zip is The man finished. He couldn't preach anymore. He went and sat down. He said, Chai, I'm finished today. That can bring shame. It can bring shame. Nakedness can bring shame. Am I talking to somebody here? But my Bible tells me that the both of them were naked, but they were not ashamed. Now, which means that physically there was an expectation of people towards them. In other words, they were supposed to have this and that. They were supposed to have all the properties. They were supposed to have all the monies. They were supposed to look good and have everything that they wanted to have according to society and the demand that society had placed on them. But the Bible says they did not have those things, but they were not ashamed. They were naked, but they were not ashamed. They did not have a car, but they were not ashamed. They did not have a degree, but they were not ashamed. They did not have a house, but they were not ashamed. They did not have a bank account, but they were not ashamed. They did not have the Gucci's we wear, but they were not ashamed. They didn't have everything everybody had, but they were not ashamed. Why? Why were they not ashamed for not having what other people should have? Why? When I went through my Bible and I realized what was the what was their reason why they had so much of boldness and confidence, even though they were at they were naked, even though they didn't have everything that everybody had, the only thing that gave them boldness was that mandates they had, was the giftings in them, was the deposit God had placed in their lives that gave them so much confidence, that gave them so much power, that gave them so much ability that even though they did not have all the wares to cover their nakedness, but the Bible says they were not ashamed because there was a glory upon them. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want God to empower you and to use you, one of the things that you got to fight is the spirit of shame. People are so ashamed and so scared of not doing it right, of not getting it right. People are so ashamed and afraid of making mistakes. People are so 
No, I don't want to get into business. I might make a mistake and I might end in shame. That is the problem why a lot of people have been unable to rise because they have the consciousness of shame. What does the consciousness of shame do to you? The consciousness of shame stops you from moving higher. The consciousness of shame stops you from attempting. The consciousness of shame stops you from progressing. Because if you have the consciousness of shame, you don't want to try because you don't want to end in shame. Your mind is full of fear that what if I try it and nothing happens? What if I dare it and I fail in the process? What if I get into it and it doesn't work. That is the fear of shame. But the Bible says that the both of them had nothing yet they were not ashamed. Then I went down and I went down to check another reason why they were not ashamed. I don't like my sound. Another reason why they were not ashamed. They were not ashamed because they had spoken to God. One of the things that takes shame from you is when you have heard the voice of God. Are you sleeping on me this morning? The reason they had so much of boldness and confidence was because they ever heard the voice of God. What does the voice of God, that sounds better, but what does the voice of God do to you? The voice of God gives you confidence and audacity. The voice of God gives you stamina and, and power. What does the voice of God do to you? The voice of God tells you of the things that you don't have now, which you shall have in the future. What does the voice of God do? The voice of God reminds you of your creative ability. The voice of God reminds you of who you are. The voice of God tells you that you are not just a black man or a white woman. That you are the representative of God. The voice of God opens to you your identity, your original identity of creation, why God created you. What does the voice of God do? The voice of God tells you that the things you don't have today does not define who you are. That your definition is only in God. Paul says in him I move. In him I live. In him I have my whole being. In other words there is no identity without Jesus Christ. So if I have Christ in me then I have the hope of glory. The reason there's a lot of competition in our world today. This one wants to be better than that one. That one wants to be better than that one. I want to have a better car. I want to have a better house. I want to have a better this. I want to because we don't know that you don't need those things to make you better. You don't need those material artificial things to make you better. You are better alone. You are better without the clothes on. You are better without money in your account. You are better without driving a car. You are better without having nothing. Am I talking to somebody here? What makes you better and great is the God that is inside of you and your purpose for creation. Why are you here? What is your assignment on earth? Why did God allow you to be created? Or why did God allow you to be a South African? That is the reason that is what makes you who you are. It is not what you have or what you don't have. It's not what you have acquired or what you have not acquired. It is about why God created you here. Why are you born in that family? Why are you a Twana speaking person? Why are you a Zulu speaking person? That is the purpose why God created you. And that is what determines or defines your importance on earth. Your importance on it. The Bible says the man was naked. The woman was naked. They were not ashamed. There are people that comes into your life and make you feel like it's because of them that you are important. But ladies and gentlemen, you don't need another person to feel important. Don't let that man make you feel like if I'm not in your life, you are not important. Don't let that woman make you feel like if I'm not in your life, you are not important. You don't need nobody to be important. By God, you have been important. Did you hear that English? You have been importantized by God. You don't need no artificial. I love the Brazilian and the Congolese hair. But ladies and gentlemen, without that, you are still important. I like the manicures and the pedicures. But ladies and gentlemen, without that, you are still important. I 
I like the stilettos and the heels, but without doubt, you are still important. I like all the perfumes, but you know what? You are still important. What makes you important is not what you wear, it's what wears you. What is inside of you is what makes you important. I am who I am because God calls me a king. I am who I am because God has ordained me. Am I talking to somebody? What wears you makes you important, not what you wear. What drives you makes you important, not what you drive. What lives in you makes you important, not what you live in. Am I talking to somebody here? That is why your life must not be attached on any physical thing. The devil wants you to attach your identity on something physical. So that when that thing physical leaves, you start suffering from inferiority. Complex. You start feeling like you are not good enough. You start feeling less than who you are. Because you have based your importance on people. You have based your importance on things. You have based on importance your importance on material things so as soon as those things are gone your life goes down the drain ladies and gentlemen your definition is not in any man's mouth your definition is not in anybody's hand your definition is in God when he created you he gave you a name let me show you let me show you what happens to tell you how much the devil was interested in their identity. Listen to me. Can I, can, I, can I explain something to you? You see this clothes we wear? It's a product of the fall of man. Clothes is not the initial plan of God. It was when man fell that God made the first leather jacket. He killed an animal. Used the skin to make jacket. That was not the part of the plan. Let me tell you what happens. The Bible says after what says after verse twenty five, verse after two, verse twenty five in verse chapter three to verse twenty five is the last verse of of chapter two. In verse chapter three, verse one, immediately the Bible says, put chapter three, verse one for me. Chapter three, verse one. After verse twenty five, chapter three, verse one. The Bible says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the feet that the Lord God had created. The serpent became more subtle. The serpent came. What was the serpent looking for? Can I tell you? The serpent was not looking for any clothes they were wearing because they had none. The serpent was not looking for a car they were driving because they had none. The serpent was not looking for the house key because they had none. The serpent was not looking for nothing. What was the serpent looking for? The serpent was looking for the God they were. So some of you are saying, ah, the devil is fighting me everywhere. And, all the, and maybe he wants my car. Maybe, no, he's not looking for a car. But you know why he takes your car? He takes your car to make you feel less than who you are because you have based your identity on the car. So he knows if I must get you, the first thing I have to do is to take what makes you important. Not a man who had everything. When he fell, he was he had everything. He had everything. So when he fell, he lost his house, lost car, lost everything that he had. The man does not he, he, he does not come out after he fell. He refused to come out during the day. He only comes out at night. When the whole neighbors, everybody's is inside, that's when he sneaks. He sneaks in and out like a criminal into his own house. He doesn't want people to see him anymore because now he doesn't have a car. He doesn't have, and he doesn't, he doesn't take, if, 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 he doesn't, he doesn't even take Uber. When he wants to, he will call somebody that has a big car. One of his friends, when he wants to go out, the person will bring a big car, then he will enter the car, still acting as if he was still okay. Why? Because his life has been defined by the things that he had. So when those things were gone, on, he became so ashamed to come out before people. 
He became so ashamed to appear before people because his life was controlled by what he has gathered. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a child of God, never, never, ever in your life, never, ever in your life, put your faith and your trust in things. Never allow what you have give you identity. In other words, never say, I own this, I own that, I own this, I own that, I own this, I own that, and that's what gives you confidence. Because as soon that the devil knows what gives you confidence he's going to fight those things to take it away from you because he knows the moment he takes it away from you it will affect your prayer life now can I tell you one of the things that does let me tell you one of the things when you when your life is based on things you have when you lose those things even where people are not insulting you you feel insulted Watch me. Watch, watch, watch this. You had everything. So you were coming to church and ushers can tell you, no, don't sit here. Sit there. And you know, you don't have a problem. You know, you know, okay, okay, you're fine. But when you lose everything, when an usher tells you, don't sit here, sit there. Say, now they are taking me to, because I don't have anything. Eh. You start your mind because your mind has always been based on what you have. So as soon as those things are gone, your mind becomes dysfunctional. Your mind starts thinking upside down. Anytime a person talks to you, you feel insulted. Someone talks to you, you feel bad. Why? You say, hey, because I don't have anything. When I used to have everything, everybody, hey, everything you feel. Why? Because the mind is affected. When what you have is what gives you confidence, the devil knows the best way to mess up your mind. They were naked, but they were not ashamed. But the serpent came to them to talk to them. Why? Because the serpent saw what they did not see. The serpent knew what they did not know. The serpent understood what they did not understand. There was glory inside of them. There was power inside of them. There was authority inside of them. The Bible says in chapter 1 verse 26, let us make man in our own image and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the beasts of the air, and over everything that creepeth upon the earth. Why? That was the dominion. God God never said let them have cars. He never said let them have money. He never said let them have everything. Let them have degrees. Let them have No, he said let them have dominion. Dominion was your first right. That was the first thing that was given to you. So the moment you lose dominion, you may have all that things. It's only a matter of time those ones will go to. What does dominion do? Dominion gives you the ability to acquire things and also gives you the grace to maintain what you have acquired. So if you don't have dominion, you can acquire things by osmosis, by luck, by mistake, by chance. You can do, wow, hey, I'm rich. Wow, hey, I have the, wow, hey, I'm. Why? Because one day it will still disappear. The Bible says wealth is like a bird that develops wings and flies. But a man that has dominion, you don't jump into wealth, you walk into wealth. You create wealth. You have dominion over wealth. That is the wealth that the devil cannot take. That even if he takes the money that you have, the abilities inside of you to create more money. The abilities inside of you to create more things. Why? Because God has already given you the power to make wealth. That's why the Bible says he will give you the power to do what? To make wealth. It is a power to have wealth. It's a power to make it. No, no, you didn't hear what I said. Power to do what? Power to make wealth. Not power to receive it. Not power to get it, but power to, to, to create it, to manufacture it. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. Then shalt thou make thy ways prosperous, and you shall have good success. You make your way prosperous. When you make your way prosperous, then good success can come your way. You have the ability to create it on the inside of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Let, watch me. Now, do you know that when you go when you when you go for an occasion where everybody's well dressed, everybody's looking good, and you appear there looking somehow, let me tell you, you'll be so 
Or maybe let's say it's an occasion and you didn't know how serious it was. And you just dress casually and you walk in there. And as you walk in there and you just realize, wow, everybody's on gowns looking very beautiful. Everyone is looking so flashy. Do you know one thing happens to you? You start advising yourself. Say, let me go and sit at the back. <laughs> I'm telling you, it takes a person of, I mean, total brutal confidence to say, even if I'm dressed this way, it is not what I wear that defines me. Where they put me, the chair that is for me, that's where I will sit. Am I talking to somebody here? It takes a person of brutal audacity to know that even if I'm not well dressed, give me the microphone to talk to the people. It is what comes out of my mouth that defines who I am. Not what I wear. Can I talk to somebody here? Let me tell you something. You know Prophet Samuel in the Bible? Prophet Samuel, Prophet Samuel did not have nice garments. He didn't have nice clothes. His, his garment was old. All the garments he was old, 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 old garments. Yet, the Bible says he was the sharpest prophet whose prophecy never fell to the ground. How did I know that his garment was old? One time he came, he told, he, told, he told Saul, he said, the Lord has left you. Now the Lord has chosen your neighbor and you have been neglected. While he was about to go, Saul held his garment and the garment tore. To tell you that that was old. If you, oh my garment, it's not here. Why? Because it's new. But if it's old, you can look. He was wearing old garments. Yet, the Bible says his prophecy never fell to the ground. Why? God does not understand or respect what you say because of how you smell, because of the kind of perfume you put on. When you appear before God, he will not come and start sniffing what you have wore, what you have put on your body. God wants to perceive a good smelling savour from the purity of your heart, from the sanctity of your spirit, from the connection of your soul. That is what God listens to. Am I talking to somebody here? God needs a sweet smelling savour from a pure heart and a clean heart. When you appear before God, you may have not worn the best, but if your heart is the best, God loves you more than every other person. And James was talking sometimes in the book of James. He said, he said that you shouldn't be partial. He was talking to the church. He said, none of you should be partial. He said, if a person comes into the house of God having a very powerful, expensive apparel, he said, don't put him in front because he's wearing good. And the one who is not wearing good, you put him at the back. He said, that's partiality. He said, in other words, let it not be about the appearance of the person, but let it be about the heart of the person. The heart of the person. Ladies and gentlemen, you must understand that wherever you go, you know there are people who use clothes to cover their discrepancies. They just use, they use that. Let me tell you, do you know why people buy, 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 you even buy with the money you don't have, you even borrow to buy, just to buy, 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 that is all you do, every day, as soon as salary comes, you just buy, 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 you even buy something you don't want to wear, just because you want to feel, you know, I am some, you just want to build your self-confidence, no, you run into debt trying to build your self-confidence, you run into trying to build yourself. Your word is in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Ladies and gentlemen, your identity is not in your clothes, it's in who you are. I'm telling you, you know, we, we just want to we just want to look up here. You know, when you appear, when you appear and and nobody, people are not looking enough. Why is no one commenting? I'm going to buy a bigger one. <laughs> Why is no one commenting? I'm going to buy a bigger one. In fact, you even call some of your friends after church. How come you didn't even compliment what I was wearing today? You are laughing. There are people like that. I'm telling you. They want compliment. They want to appear good to me. No. Let me tell you. Dressing good is not bad. But don't dress good for somebody. Dress good for you. 
dress good for yourself. Am I talking to somebody here? Anytime you look yourself in the mirror, you wear something that fits your size. You are size 10 and you are wearing size 20. What's wrong with you? And you are saying, I don't care what people say about me. I care only what God says about me. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Praise I mean, you know your size and you wear exactly what fits you, but not because of people. Because if you always look at people, you will always get into trouble. People spend the money they haven't earned to buy what they don't need to impress those they don't love. Those that don't even like them. People that are not even interested in them. That is what they are looking for. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't need all the accolades. Or you don't need all the, all the glory and the praise that people will give to you. If God disapproves of you, it doesn't matter who approves of you. That is unimportant. All you want is God's approval. When God approves of you, I'm telling you, anywhere you enter, doors will open up for you. Anywhere you go, things will happen for you. Everywhere you open your mouth, something good will come out. I came to tell you today that the natural proclivity, the natural tendencies, the natural giftings that are on the inside of you, they shall start manifesting now. 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 The glory in you will manifest. The power in you will manifest. The anointing in you will manifest. That is what you need to shine. You don't need all these artificial things. It is okay to look good, but don't let your confidence be based on that. Am I talking to somebody here? There are people who will not go out of the house until they paint their face. If I don't put my makeup, it means I am not made up. That is the mindset of some people. So before they leave the house, church starts at 10. By 12 o'clock, they are still making up. No, this side looks thicker than this side. So, some ladies look at the mirror like this. Mirror is here. So you're expecting somebody to come and tell you you're looking. Am I talking to somebody here? You, you, you must not. You, am I talking to somebody? Listen, I'm not saying you must not be presentable. But I mean, if you cannot come out of your house until you are painted your face, something is wrong. If you cannot go out of your house because you are not wearing heels, something is wrong. If you cannot come to church because you have not bought a new shoe, you have not bought new dresses, something is seriously wrong. They are telling you there are people that buy clothes every month. No, that's a serious problem. You can't buy clothes every month. No. It's wrong. You want to be at work? Hey, new club. Hey. Some of you even leave the level on. Hey. Everybody will know that you're... No, 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 no. Am I talking to somebody here? Listen, I'm not saying that looking good and dressing expensive is not is, is bad. Uh, amen. Even God wears clothes. Oh, you don't know. God's clothes is uh, the Bible said the robe of his temple filled the whole place. God wears clothes. In fact, Jesus, the cloth of Jesus was so expensive that when he died, they had to play gamble to collect it. Say, so, no, this one is mine. No, everybody, they had to, the soldiers, I mean soldiers, sat on the ground to gamble to collect. Who will collect this cloth? Why? Because the Bible says there was no seam, there was no thread, nowhere. It was wool all over. Everything Jesus wear was 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 custom made. 
But that was not what defined him. That was why when they put him on the cross, they took his clothes. And watch me. When he resurrected, you know what he did? They put clothes on him. Watch me. They put clothes on him when they buried him. When he was going back to heaven, the angel packed that clothes and put it somewhere. He said, come on, carry your nonsense. Oh, you haven't read it. That when Jesus resurrected, his clothes, the clothes he wore, the Bible says it was packed somewhere. He did not go with it because it was not important. He said, soldiers and, and, and the Jews, come and carry your clothes. This is not what defined me. He left it there and went up to heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, you must understand that God values you whether you have something or not. God values you whether you're educated or not. God values you whether you have money or not. God values you whether people love you or not. God values you the way you are. The way you are, you are wonderfully and fearfully made. You are so important the way you are. God looks at the spirit inside of you. If your spirit is okay, you are the best friend of God. Can I tell you something? The day David was anointed king, he was not smelling good. He just finished fighting lions and animals, looking all dirty. If you study about the Middle East, you will know that in those days they had a lot of dust. A lot of dust. The wind in the Middle East, like if you go to Dubai now, the wind there, sometimes it gets very hot, but windy, when you go to the desert place, you see a lot of dust. So when David came, his eyes everywhere was full of dust. He was looking, but he came with a beautiful countenance. His face was looking good. He was not, he was not, his life was not determined by what he was wearing. He just came and someone looked at him and someone said, this is the Lord's anointed. His brothers were angry because he was not looking like it. How do you pour the oil on a man that is just coming from the bush? We have been in the house. We have gone to school. We have everything. We should be the ones qualified for this. But the Lord said, no. Why men look at the outward appearance? Why men look at the clothes? Why men look at the shirts? Why men look at the shoes? Why men look at the money? God looks at the heart. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't have the heart of God, if your heart is not clean, if your heart is not pure, if you don't have a heart towards God, it doesn't matter what you acquire. All those things are useless. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Pastor, what shall a man give in exchange of his soul? They were naked, but they were not ashamed. You know, that was for Adam and Eve. Even if they walk into a place where everybody was wearing clothes, they didn't care. That's what it means. They were not ashamed. See, if the Bible had said, and he was not ashamed, I would have said, no, it's fine. Because when you are alone in the bathroom, you don't, do you feel ashamed when you're in the bathroom? Alone. You don't. When you're alone in your bedroom, do you feel ashamed? No, you don't feel ashamed. You can't feel ashamed. But when you are two, shame will come. So when the Bible says, the both of them were naked and they were not ashamed, it means that it was not determined by whether they were one or they were two or they were hundred. They understood that what covered them was the glory of God. And the glory of God covered their nakedness. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you are beautiful. Say, neighbor, you are amazing. Say, neighbor, you are wonderful. If your neighbor is not telling you, move from that neighbor. It is your neighbor that is contributing your trouble. Making you feel like you have to dress good before they can compliment you. Making you feel like you have to dress nice before move from that neighbor. She's contributing to your problem. Praise the Lord. You know, in society, the, the kind of, the norm or the, the, the trend in society is what makes people turn criminals. When everybody's, in fact, even in families, when you go for family meetings, that one is driving this, that one is driving that, that one is looking this. That one. So the next year, people are saying by December, I'm not coming home with my skorokoro. I'm. <laughs> they go and steal because of the pressure society put on them. 
had a son of mine in Midland Church. Hey, Papa, I don't know what is happening to me. My brothers are doing this. My brothers are doing well. I'm the only one. I said, don't put yourself under pressure. Say, but I'm the firstborn. Ta! Who told you that because you're the firstborn, you have to be, you have to arrive before everybody? No, it's not like that. You will arrive someday, but you don't have to arrive. It's not, it's not like that. That because I came first. The Bible says Esau was the firstborn, but did he arrive before Jacob? No. Stop putting yourself under unnecessary pressure. I told you that even though you marry late, you are better than some people that are already married and for 20 years they've been looking for children. Even though you graduated late, you are better than those who graduated 30 years ago and they are still on the streets carrying CV everywhere. It's better to be slow and sure than to be fast and fall. Don't let society put pressure on you. Don't let your elder brothers put pressure on you. Don't let those ahead of you put pressure on you. Life is a journey. It's not a race. We are not competing with anybody. Praise the Lord. Sometimes, sometimes we, we, when we have a visitor coming, a visitor is coming to your house, you go and, what do you do? Hey, hey, you put yourself under pressure. You can buy flour. Can you, can you borrow me hundred and I will give you my letter. Uh, you buy flour, you put. You call another one. Can you, you buy, you buy this, you put. At the end of the day, you are in debt. Borrowing to impress people that will just come and, they will not even admire what you have done. And go. Is it good to look good? good but come on, do what your hand can carry. Do what your hand can carry. Don't carry what your hand cannot carry. Don't bite more than you can chew. Because I'm telling you, you'll find yourself going into troubles and troubles and troubles. You don't, you are wondering, who am I? And sometimes, let me tell you, sometimes because we want to impress people. You want to you want to impress, you know, you want to appear as if you, you know, you no, you end up finding yourself into serious problems. They were normal. There was no house, there was nothing, but they were okay. They were fine. Why? Because God had breath in them. Number two, God spoke to them. Number three, God always visited them. Kai, if God is visiting me and you refuse to visit me, who cares? So I don't visit him because his house is not nice. I don't visit him because his house is not okay. I don't visit him. If God can come to my mukuku and visit me in my mukuku and you don't want to come, who cares? There was no shelter, but God was visiting them. Confidence. Number four, they knew the level of dominion they had. Why? Adam will say, lion, come here. Go bring, get, get me water. Lion will run. Go get Adam water. Hey, hey, elephant, come here. Elephant, come. I want to have a ride this afternoon. Horse, come here. And he, they will take him. He had power and control over the... What is better than that? Let me tell you. You know what dominion does? Dominion puts you on the, as on the, on the platform of being able to communicate to animate and inanimate objects. You are able to command things to come and command them to go. The man, the centurion man, he said, I am a man under authority. I can tell one come and one come and say one go and he goes. That is a level of dominion God wants to put upon you. He wants to put a level of dominion where you can command things to come and to go. They knew the level of dominion they had. I'm about to finish. But ladies and gentlemen, if you look at yourself now, you will know that some of you, this is just what you wear on, on a casual, you know, you know, it's just a, it's just a, but you have worn it to church today. Did the spirit of God not come to church because you came like this? He came. He came. That's why I like they just wear the flat thing and <laughs> that is it. No competition. Every man and if you some of them, I don't know if they wash that thing that they wear. The thing looks sometimes a very. You wonder, do they wash this thing? They boot. They don't. They don't polish. <laughs> <polish. 
we going to with this spirit of competition? Eh? Is that why? Is that why God saved us? God did not save you to to compete with anybody. He saved you to be the best of your kind. He saved you. He saved you to reveal Jesus everywhere you go. He saved you to be natural, but to be. Ah, do you know that some of you? It is when you put makeup that you become ugly. Normally, you are beautiful. Normally. Normally, you are beautiful. My grandma, my grandmother of blessed memory, she had her ear. Her ear here was cut. She was wearing a big earring and she was carrying my elder brother. So they, when he was young, they pulled the thing and cut the ear. And she was bleeding. Mind the kind of earrings you wear. <laughs> You're just going, ah! I'm not saying wearing big earrings is bad, but I'm just saying, amen. <laughs> All this, I'm telling you, I don't know why I'm not talking about men. Maybe men, men have less problems. Because I'm thinking, Okay, you, what is your problem? <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. So, men too, we, we also have our own problems. Oh. Men have serious problems. Men, their own problem is anytime they are going to meet their friends, they always want to look like top. They always want to appear. So what they do, they go and open an account open an account, clothing account. You know, every time they appear, they want, to, they, want to, they want to compete. Mostly guys in the townships. They have not eaten for 10 days, but they are wearing expensive clothes. No food in the house, but the shoes they are wearing is 3.5. What kind of life is that? The other time I was, I was watching a documentary on TV and I saw the guys, they were using expensive, expensive alcohol. You see them, you know that this one is so broke, but it's using expensive alcohol and they were washing their hands and washing legs with alcohol and they were like, no, we are the who is who in the community. They are wearing all, and you can tell that this one is like they are fasting for 100 days. Their faces are looking somewhere and they are using, the, I don't know, there's a young boy who killed himself because in school, his friends were dressing good. He was not able to, he was putting his grandmother under pressure. When the grandmother could not afford, he killed himself. Some of you that are still depending on parents. Eh, parents must do this. Parents must do that. Parents must do this. Parents must do that. Your parents have tried. They've tried. Stop putting them under pressure. Am I talking to somebody here? Stop putting at a point in your life, your parents should start enjoying the fruit of their labor. Don't wait for you to be 100 years before you can start helping your parents. They've tried. They saw you through school. They did everything for you. It's time for them to be appreciated. Don't put them under pressure. Go and work and make your own money. And take care of your parents. Am I talking to somebody here? I read something somewhere that said two parents can take care of 12 children. But 12 children cannot take care of two parents. When the parents get old, they are abandoned. They are stone age people. You are the new, you are the you are the new school. They are the old school. So they don't deserve any care. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, one of the most beautiful things is to mess, mess your parents up with gifts. Buy them gifts that will mess them up a little bit. Amen. If they cannot use iPhone, buy them iPhone. Just to, you know, just to, not like you want to punish them, but just to, you know, let them say, ah, my son, this one you are buying is too much. Say, mama, I'm buying this one because this is what is raining now. Mama, learn it. Learn this one. Learn this one. Papa, learn this one. Say, no, okay, okay, I'll buy another one, but make sure you learn this one as well. Mess them up with gifts. At 100 years, you still expect your father to put food in your mouth? No. You should be responsible as a responsible child. I want to get somebody here. That is only when you can be ashamed. 
Not when you are, not when you, when, when, when your, your, your destiny is already manifesting. For every one of you here that is dependent on anybody, whether mother, father, let me tell you, at the age of 18, when you turn 18, eh, you should start becoming responsible. Some of you at the age of 18, your mama is still making bed for you. At the age of 20, your papa is still the one cleaning your room. You need daily mental overhaul. You should be, I'm, am I talking to somebody here? You should be responsible. At a point you must tell your mother, your father, let me take care of you now. Let me, let me take care. Can I tell you? You see, you don't have to go buy the whole shop by just buying some loaves of bread sometimes. By just buying some groceries sometimes. Say, Mama, I'm coming to the house now. I have some things to give to you. Some of you have never bought your mother grocery before in your life. You're only just chopping, 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 chopping. When did, hey, Mama, hey, there's no, there's no enough salt in it. Hey! I'm telling you, you go to some families, eh? you see how, you see how, I mean, big ladies are complaining that the food that their mother cook is not sweet. Whereas they could not cook for them. Uh -uh. Mama, but you know, I was walking the whole day. I came back tired. Oh, Papa, you know, he should have cooked. Ah! You are happy your mother is not from Nigeria. <laughs> Be responsible. Am I talking to somebody here? Let the natural you, your natural power, let it manifest. Let somebody be blessed that you have attained to a certain age. Let me tell you, even if you're not earning salary, the small money you get can make a great difference at home. Sometimes, just so, just your, so that your father can just smile sometimes. Let him just see that at least you brought some, you brought some packet of chicken of, of 45 rand. At least the mindset, the mindset must be there. For men as well, you expect your wife to do everything for you. She must buy you clothes, buy you shoes, buy you this, buy you chicken, buy you food, buy you that. You are working, you have money, and you don't do anything at home. It's a problem. It's a problem. When people have to do everything for you, your money is for you, yourself, and you. It does not, it does not touch anybody. Stinginess. 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 That when you leave earth, we don't even know where you have buried your money. Praise the Lord. Stingy is not good for men. Men have to be responsible. A woman, a man is going with a woman on a date. And, you know, they are meeting for the first time, maybe in a restaurant, and the man wants to marry the woman, and he's expecting the woman to pay. You are eating in a restaurant, you say 50-50, baby, 50-50. Ta! Shut up. God, may God deliver every man here. 50-50. Fifty-fifty. You pay fifty. I pay fifty. No, 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 no. That that kind of life, that kind of life is not okay. As a man, you must know who you are. Don't take. Let me tell you. If you are in a relationship with somebody you want to marry, I'm not saying your girlfriend, though. girlfriend that you just took to bed. No, I mean you are in a relationship, someone you are going to marry, and you say let's go to a restaurant. Even if it's KFC, go there, sit down and chop chicken. Kelsey, don't start going to uh, Monte Casino and uh, kill it. Uh, what do you call this? What do you call this? Uh, this uh, 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 Michelangelo and all of that. And you are there. Maybe 50-50. Maybe 50-50. Maybe 50-50. Maybe I don't have petrol in this car. Can you put some petrol? If you have to walk across the street to eat, do it. Stop putting yourself on unnecessary pressure. If a woman will love you, she will love you no matter what you don't have. If she will not love you, have heaven and earth, she will not love you. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you this. Listen to me. Life is very easy. We complicate it. In those days when our mothers and our fathers got married, they, they, it was not this complicated. Computers destroyed us. 
before my grandmother passed on, my grandmother, I could see that the hair she carried, she would carry for days, but my grandfather would still love her. I'm telling you, she, she, will, she will come back, the man is still in love with the woman. But this time, we make our hair like three times every week. You are putting your husband under pressure. Hey, this hair is two days old. I need to change it. This hair is one day old. I need to change it. He's not even interested in that head. Who are you? Who, who is looking at you? When the master I don't have, you say, hey, I know you will say you don't have. Tomorrow now, when I go out now, you will say, go out, go out. No, what I'm saying, listen, you will not hear this anywhere. You only hear it in church. Stop putting your husbands under pressure. Stop putting your children under pressure. Stop putting your wife under pressure. When God, see, listen, listen, the problem with us is you are, you end this, but you want to leave this. This is your salary, but this is where you want to live. What is wrong with you? You earn 8,000 and you're living in a house of 7.5. <laughs> no, does that make sense? Does that make sense? No, no. You see, I'm telling you, you earn, you earn so, so and so amount, but you are living in a place or you drive, you can, you drive a car that is just your salary. After, your sal after you pay your car, you're done. No, 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 no. That's not life. Grow. There's a, there's a car, there's a, 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 a transport company in Nigeria called the Young Shall Grow. 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 For now, if it's chicken, finger, chicken what? Feet that you can eat, enjoy it, eat it. Our mamas will tell you that in those days they were eating only cabbage and go to bed. Only veggies. Today you carry a child, you enter a shop. Mommy, I want this. Mommy, I want that. <laughs> good life. Good life. Very good. But listen, sometimes show them that certain things they need to deserve or earn it before they get it. Or else they will grow with the mentality of everything I want, I deserve it. They will grow with entitlement mentality. Thinking that anything they want, they must get. Let me close. I want you to look at yourself this morning or this afternoon, and ask yourself one question. What defines me? Who am I? What is my name? What makes me happy? You know, someone said, someone said, what makes a woman happy is money. True, true. No, no, it's okay, it's true. Woman, is it not true? <laughs> I have a lot of righteous righteous ladies in this church. <laughs> Amen. You are acting righteous now until you marry a broke man. That's when we'll know whether it's true or not. No, to be honest with you, money gives you a level of confidence that so many things cannot give you. Money gives you a kind of joy that so many things cannot... No, I'm, am I saying the truth? For a woman, a woman is happy when she gets money. No, see, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to... No, I mean, listen, this is how they are wired. Woman, every woman is supposed to be a receiver. That is how women are wired. Yeah. Women are receivers. They are receivers. That is how that is how the woman is wired. The woman is wired to be a receiver. Women are connected to money. They are. No, no, you can see you can you can say eh, no, it's not true and all that. Eh. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you it has been psychologically proven that that is how it is. But I need to tell you something that a supernatural woman is a woman that has grown beyond anything natural. A supernatural woman is a woman that is not controlled by money. I'm telling you that a natural woman is connected to what she can have, what she can get, what she can drive, what she can live. But when you become a supernatural person, 
You are no longer attracted to flashy things. There are ladies that will leave a man that has proposed them to marry them when they see a man that is richer. When they see another man that is richer, they give this one excuse. They go. They, they keep going and going until they reach somewhere where they will cut their hair to make money. So, you are married to one man and a richer man comes and says, I would have waited. Oh, I would have waited. Oh, yeah. Why didn't I wait? Oh. That's the nature of woman. But when you become a supernatural, you are no more enticed. Even if you and your husband are sleeping on the ground and somebody comes with a limousine, tell you, marry me. You say, no, I'm already married to this man. One day, a lady did something that, that provoked me. She said to me, I want to divorce my husband. I said, why? I said, because we can no longer put our bills. I said, that's why you want to divorce. So you need deliverance. Did you say for better for worse when you were getting married? Eh, he doesn't have money anymore. And uh, we are fighting in the house. We, no, there, are, there are couples that fight because there's no money in the house. What? The woman comes back. She's angry. The man is angry. They are not angry because they don't love each other. They are angry because they don't have money. No. Hold your hands. Pray together. Tell her baby it's going to be better. It's, it will be okay. It will not be like this always. Encourage one another. Don't scream, shout, that one is angry, that one is angry. The both of you are moody because there's no money. No! It's not like that. Money does not define you. Whether you have it, if you have it, enjoy it. You don't have it, endure until it comes. Be a supernatural woman who understands that her responsibility is to go on her knees when her husband is outside praying for the man. Lord bless this. Not complaining and nagging all the time. I've seen people on the floor who became multi-millionaires. Multi-millionaires. Mama, you were telling me something yesterday of, of, of a woman who owned a property somewhere and the government came. She was selling what bread? Is it bread or what? She said she was... She was just a normal person. Now, government wanted to use her property. They paid a lot. She became a multi-millionaire overnight. Overnight, she became... God can change your story overnight. But the question is, are you patient enough for him to come through for you? Somebody lift up here and say, Lord, from today, I have learned to depend on you for everything. I will depend on you for everything. I will depend on you for everything. And my identity is in Jesus Christ. Stand on your feet, everybody. Thank you, Jesus.